Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning. Oh, it's been awesome today. Oh my goodness. I don't know if we got anything left for you guys. Woo, first service was amazing. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, man. Um, I just want to open in prayer before we get into the, the message this morning, if that's okay. Um, of course, that's good. So, Father, I thank you for this moment. Lord, I thank you for everyone in here today. God, I thank you for those that may be watching online. I just pray that they felt you today, God, that they, that you just nudge them, Lord, that you just nudge them and said, I'm here, I'm here. Thank you, God, for that. Lord, I pray that you would open the ears to hear, the hearts to receive, God, what you have for them. Lord, I pray that you would enable my mouth to speak your words today, God. Let everything I say be your words only. God, help me not to get ahead of you. God, I thank you for this. I thank you for the healing that's happening right now, even in those seats. Before we even call the ministry team up, God, you're already healing bodies. You're already bringing joy. God, we thank you for that. Lord, I know that when we do the ministry time, that people are going to be coming up, and they're going to be joyful and happy. And, Lord, they're going to come up and get healed completely in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, so we are uh, in the middle of our 21 days of prayer, and it's been amazing. So we've been meeting up here every morning at 630. Uh, we had advertised Monday through Friday, but it was, it's just been going so great. I'm just going to keep going Saturday through Sunday. And so we're not taking weekends off. So that's good. So uh, the invitation is for you to, to get up early. I know 630 is early. But to come up here and to pray with us at 630 in the morning, it's been a powerful time. God has met us every time we've been up here. It's like he opens the door. He's like, eh, about time we got here. I've been here all day. So, um, but it's been good. It's been good. So we are going through the, the, the whole book. It feels like we're going through the whole book of Isaiah, but just this chapter of Isaiah 53, uh, and hopes that by the end of this journey through Isaiah 53, we have a better understanding of who Jesus is. Not only who he is, but what he's done. And not only what he's done, but what he wants to do through us. Because Jesus came for a reason. He just didn't come, he just didn't come to, to die on a cross for us. He came to do a whole lot more than that through us. And so I pray that as we read through this chapter of, of, of Isaiah together and we study it together, that we get a better glimpse of who he is. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stand up and we're going to read this, uh, this passage of Scripture. It it's actually starts in Isaiah 52, 13, and it ends at the end of 53. All right, you guys ready? Might want to do some warm-ups, rubber baby buggy muppers. Um, and then we're going to read through it. Are you ready? Here we go. We're going to do this together. Starting in verse 13. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. 
Many were amazed when they saw him. His face was disfigured. He seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And we will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see that they had not been told. They will understand what they have not heard about. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root and dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have all left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was like, buried like a criminal, and he was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Good job. You got to have a seat. Who has believed our message? Last week we talked about that. Who has believed our message? Because there's something deep inside of us that's broken until we know Jesus, until we believe. There's, there's things that we, the thing we call our knower. We can't know Christ because there's something blocking that. And, and there's, a, there's something that's keeping us from receiving from God. And our believers, there's something wrong with our believers. This morning I just felt there's something wrong with our believers today. They're like, we're not really believing this stuff we're singing. We're not really believing what we're talking about. And I'm praying that God helps you believe it. And Isaiah is here speaking to his own people in a, in a time of trial. And in a time of trial, is like, who has believed the message? And last, yes, last week we talked about believing what we're hearing about the gospel. And, and so many of us fail to believe what we hear. And even more than that, we fail to even believe what we see. You know, it's, it's one thing to hear something, you go, I don't know if that's right or not. But it's another thing to see a miracle or to see God work, you go, I don't know if that's right. Even then, we still have a hard time believing, even though we're seeing. And the second part of this passage goes like this. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his arm? Isaiah is saying, to who? Israel. God has revealed himself to you through signs, wonders, and miracles. This idea of the arm is, is, is the power of God. You know, many of us are right-handed, some of you are left-handed, and I forgive you. It's okay, because I have to eat next to you sometimes at the table. You understand the struggle. 
Dominus are right-handed, and anywhere in Scripture you see the right hand, it's talking about the power arm, the power hand. You know, we've, most people pick up a weapon with this hand. Most people use tools with this hand, unless you're left-handed. But, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? It's your strong arm. It's your strong arm. It's the arm that, that has power in it. And, and God and, Israel, and Isaiah is saying here, who has revealed God's powerful arm to you? And the powerful arm is Jesus. It's Jesus. This whole passage is about, I mean, you can read it and you cannot deny this is Jesus he's talking about. There's no way you can deny that this is not Jesus himself, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, who rose on the third day, that all the things that he talked about, his suffering, his, his, his dejection, all those things, it's Jesus prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years prior. It's an amazing story. And that alone should at least pique your interest and say, maybe I want to believe this or not. It's God's arm revealed. And, and, and Isaiah is telling his people, just believe, guys, because God has been there. The whole, Jesus has been there the whole time. You just haven't perceived it yet. You haven't perceived all that God wants to do in your life. These people couldn't grasp the whole idea of Jesus, the Messiah, even in that time. They couldn't grasp what they had seen and what they have heard. Their hearts were hard to the message of the gospel. And today, people still can't believe what they've heard, and they're even more bewildered by what they see. And we can't believe the good news, even if we wanted to. But one thing I do know is that God reveals himself to us every day. We're just not always looking. He does miracles every day, but we just don't always aware of what he does. Guys, there's miracles every day. Now, every day may not be miraculous. You know, like every day might not be like, oh my gosh, that was a miracle. But God does miracles every day. That's how he operates. That's how he works. He's revealing himself to you and revealing himself to the people around you. But we failed to see it. Even the disciples that followed Jesus had a hard time with this. They wanted to believe Jesus and they wanted to believe that he was Messiah. But even though, even though you read scripture all through the scripture, you, you see unbelief in the disciples. You see Jesus getting on to them saying, man, what you're, what's wrong with you? Where's your faith? Why are you unbelieving? This unbelieving generation. I mean, he really lets these people have it. And he says, why can't you believe what you see right in front of your face? I am he who has come to set you free, but yet you don't believe me. And Jesus gets to the point of, of Scripture here. He gets to the point of his ministry. He's about to end. He's about to go on the cross. He's about to do the work that he came for. And he's talking to his disciples, and he's telling them what's going to happen, and yet they're having a hard time believing that Jesus is who he said he is because they didn't see Jesus through all of the Scriptures. They didn't see Jesus up until this point. You see, because Jesus was there in the beginning. He was there when it was all formed. It's, Jesus didn't start at the New Testament. You know, I think we as believers, we kind of get that mixed up. It's like, well, there was the Father, and then there was the Father and Jesus. No, he was there the whole time. He's been there the whole time. And that's what Isaiah is trying to get. It has like, Jesus has been here the whole time. He's been trying to show you who he was, but you would not understand. You cannot grasp it. But one day he's going to make it very plain, and you'll still have a hard time with it. There is no B.C. with Jesus. There is no, there's no such thing as B.C. There's no such time as before Christ. Jesus was always there, and he's always going to be there. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
And yet we think that God wasn't there even in our lives. And I want to talk today a little bit about seeing God in our lives, even when we don't think that he was there. Because Jesus is telling his disciples here, look, guys, I've been here the whole time and you haven't realized who I was. And so we're going to pick this story up in John chapter 14, verse 6. And Jesus just has a discussion with his disciples saying, I'm going away. I'm going to the Father and and I'm going to make a place for you, but you can't come with me. And doubting Thomas, the guy that gets all the flack, right? He says, where are you going? Why can't we come with you? I want to go. And Jesus says, you can't go with me, Thomas, because I'm going somewhere to prepare for you because I am. And he picks it up in verse 4. And you know the way to where I'm going. He's like, what do you mean I don't know the way? We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus told him this. Oh, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There's only one way to God. Jesus, despite what everybody else says, the world says, there's only one way. Jesus himself said, I'm the only way. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known who my Father is. Thomas, if you'd really know me, if you really understood who I was, then you would know who the Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He's saying, I'm revealing something to you right now. Pay attention. So pay attention church. From now on, you know him and I have seen him. And then Philip, not Thomas, the other one said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Just show him, where is he at? Is he hiding in the closet? Where is he? Where's the father? Where is he? And Jesus (laughs) looks at Philip. He's like, man, guys, have have I, I've been with you. Have I been with you? It's like a rhetorical question. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Hey, or at least believe because of the work you've seen me to do. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus was revealing to his disciples, I've been here from the beginning. You've walked with me. You've seen the miracles. You've seen me teach, yet you still don't know who I am. What is dulled your thinking? Why can't your hearts receive who I am? And he, I can just imagine him thinking, are you kidding me? You guys don't know who I am. I've been here since the beginning. I've been here since creation. I watched the world being formed. I, I helped the Father with the foundations of this earth. Everything was created through me. That's scripture. And by him. I was there when man fell. I was there when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. I was there when Noah built the ark. I was there when, when Abraham was called to go out of Canaan and into Canaan. I was there. Scripture very plainly tells us that Jesus was there and that, that Abraham even knew who Jesus was. But yet we still have a hard time believing. Even these people had a hard time believing. And that's who Jesus was addressing when he was telling them, I've been here all the time and you just haven't realized it. 
In John 8, 56, Jesus has, is having this conversation with the religious leaders. And he's really getting on to them for their unbelief. And he goes, your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? I know you're not centuries old. There's no way you could have seen Abraham. What are you saying you've seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Jesus is making a huge claim here. He's saying that I was around before Abraham was around. Like, and, and this word I am is capitalized for a reason because it means it's, it's, a, it's a sense of who he is. When Moses was on the mountain and he asked the Lord, well, when I go, who should I tell sent them? What did the Lord say? He says, tell them I am has sent you. So they knew exactly what he was saying when he said this. He was saying that I'm, I was the same one on the mountaintop with Moses. The writer of Hebrews understood this. He says this about the hall of faith. He talks about Moses. And it says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to, to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Who did it save the sake for? Sake of Christ. So Moses knew who Jesus was, and he looked forward to his coming. And Jesus was telling his disciples, guys, I've been here the whole time. You just haven't seen it. You haven't realized that you, my arm hasn't been revealed to you for some reason. Why can't you just believe? Like saying, I led you, your people out of Egypt. I led your people out of bondage. I was there when Moses led the people out. Jude knows this. Jude, the brother of Jesus, writes this down in chapter 5 of Jude. He says, so I want to remind you, meaning, hey, you know this thing. You know these things, people. I don't have to tell you something. I'm just reminding you of what you know. Though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued. Who rescued? Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. But later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. Is that a misprint in my Bible? Jesus was there leading the people out of Israel. I mean, out of Egypt. He was there leading them. He was the bread, even. He was the man, even. Jesus even talks about, look, I was there, the one feeding these people. John writes this. Jesus talks to, he's talking to these Pharisees again that just don't want to believe. He goes, I'll tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's talking about himself. He goes, I'm the true bread of heaven. I am the manna from heaven that's going to sustain you. What he did in the wilderness was a foretelling and a shadow of what I was going to do when I got here. It's a spiritual reality. This is a spiritual book. It's also a physical book, but it's a spiritual book. And the things in it are spirit and life. And Jesus is reflecting back and he's telling these people, I'm the bread you're looking for. You don't need manna, you need me. He was also the rock. 1 Corinthians 10, 1, 4. Paul knows this. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud and that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground in the cloud and in the sea all of them baptized 
were baptized as followers of Moses. I don't have time to go into that teaching. That's a whole other teaching. All of them ate the same spiritual food, manna, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the same spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. When I first read that and heard that, I was like, what? That's crazy. The rock that, that gave water to the Israelites followed them and gave them water wherever they went? That's what this writer's saying. The same spiritual rock. He's saying, I am the rock that gives life. I am the bread of life. I was there. Jesus was there the whole time, but yet these people didn't see him. They didn't realize him. Certain people did, but most people didn't. I can see Jesus going, Philip, guys, what do you think these priests do every day? They get up, they go to the temple, they wash their hands, they cleanse themselves, they get ready to do sacrifices. They sacrifice to who? To me. Then what? They walk into the, most, the holy place. What do you think all those things represent? Me. It's a spiritual reality of who I am. When you see the lamp, I am the light. He says this. He even says, I am the door. What is that? I'll get to that in a minute. He goes, I am the light. I am the lamp. There's a lampstand that's in the, most holy, in, the, in the most holy place. And then there's an altar of incense where the priests light the altar and the incense of the prayers of the people go up. He's saying, where do you think that goes? To me, to my father, because we are one. And then over here, there's this bread of sh this table of showbread and wine. These people, they cook these cakes and they put there, each one represents a tribe. And it's sitting there because it represents that I am the bread of life, but also that there is a wedding feast coming and it represents that he's invited you to the table and wants you in his presence. It's, the, it's called the table of presence. And then this table in the temple is this this stuff, it's a foretelling, it's a shadowing of who Jesus is and what he's going to do in our life. And then once all that's done, they step into the curtain, which is the door. Jesus says, I am the door. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And they step through this door, and then there's this, what is it? The Ark of the Covenant. And then on top of the Ark of the Covenant is the mercy seat. The priest would go in and sprinkle blood on top of the mercy seat and offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. And what does Scripture say about who judges the living and the dead, Christ Jesus. It's all about him. It's all for him. It's all a foreshadowing of who he is, but yet we don't understand. Jesus was thinking, come on, guys, you do these things over and over and over and over, and you don't know who I am. Are you serious? Everything points to me. Everything in Scripture points to Christ Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about him. It's all about who, what he's going to do, and it's all about how God's going to restore us through the Savior, Jesus Christ. All of this. But yet I thought growing up that Jesus didn't enter the story until the New Testament. He's kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting, Dad, when are you going to let me come in? Put me in coach. But no, he was there the whole time working with the Father. The whole time. But yet it wasn't revealed to them. And Isaiah is saying there's going to be a time where it's so plain that you cannot deny. And if you do, there's something going on spiritually with you that you can't believe. I could, tell, I could see Jesus telling Philip, 
Man, you saw miracles. You got to see them firsthand. Guys, disciples, I see your doubt. You saw me heal the lepers. You saw me cure the blind. You saw the lame leaping and jumping and praising God. You saw me lay hands on people and they recover. You saw people get resurrected to life. Come on, Peter, you were there. You're like, remember your mom? She was sick. She got up. She cooked everybody lunch. It was great. Come on, guys, you don't know who I am. Are you serious? You still don't know who I am. You yourselves fed people with the loaves and the fish. Remember that? It was multiplied, and you gave it out, and I gave you 12 basketfuls to remind you of God's provision. And you took those home to your wife, and y'all had fish sandwiches for weeks. You don't remember that? Remember when I was in the boat with you, and the storm was blowing like crazy, and you guys are screaming at me, we're all going to die, Jesus, wake up. And I woke up, and I commanded the waves to stop and the wind to stop, and the sea became like glass. And you were like, wow, who is this guy? And yet you still don't know who I am? How many things do I have to show you? Guys, you were there at the temple. I mean, you were there in the temple when I tossed the tables. Guys, you were there when I gave the Sermon on the Mount. You heard my words. You, 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 you heard the things that I said. You, I opened up the scriptures to you. I even told you what my parables are about you, but you still don't know who I am. I mean, what a bunch of knotheads. <laughs> but you, know, you fault these guys. We're the same. We're the same. I mean, how many times do we have to hear the gospel for it to penetrate our heart? How many times do we have to see miracles for us to finally believe in miracles? How hard-hearted are we? How blind are we to the things of God? And Isaiah is reminding the people, and he's reminding us that the arm of the Lord is being revealed through Jesus. The power of God is being revealed through Jesus. But too often, like I said, we, we dismiss the things of God as happenstance or, or just a coincidence. Huh, that was crazy. What a coincidence. So many miracles that God has done, even just within this church. That little radio tower you see out there, that's a miracle. That set everything financially in focus for this church. I don't tell this story very often. But I just feel like it's proper for now because I think some people in here right now are struggling, wondering if God's going to provide for you. One day I was out there, and I'd just become the pastor, and Looking at, we got like 12 acres of property here. You don't know that, but we've got all this property on the side. I'm like, God, it's just sitting there. What are we going to do with all this stuff? Do we sell it? Do we keep it? You know, it's like financially, we're in the red. We don't, I don't know what to do. I threw my hands up, said, God, it's yours. And this passage came to my mind at a psalm. I said, take careful attention to your flocks, is what the passage said. For your sheep will clothe your daughters. Okay, that's weird, John. But your goats will give you the price of a field. Uh-huh. The goats are going to pay for this field. Sweet. I knew what it meant. Because I know that in the Bible, it talks about goats and sheep. Like the, the sheep are the believers. Their goats are the unbelievers. That there's people outside of the church that are going to actually purchase part of that field or give me the price. of. It. He didn't say they were going to buy the field. They would give me the price of a field. I kid you not, a week later, a guy shows up in our parking lot. It's like, yeah, I'm with a tower company. 
And uh, we've been trying to put a tower over here at this ball field, but the city keeps shooting it down. They do that a lot. I'm not going to get on that bandwagon. But the city keeps shooting things, keeps shooting it down. And we need to put uh, a cell tower up. Can, what about, is this your property? I said, yes, sir, it is. He goes, well, can we talk to you? I'm like, I'm never going to turn down money. <laughs> uh, you know, let's talk. And so <laughs> uh, we, we started talking a little bit, and he sent some proposals out to us. And lo and behold, about three months later, the same, the price of that field, the price of that field. And we got good 5G here too. Hope it's not melting your brains. <laughs> that, yeah. That pulled us out of the red, that pulled us into the black. We were able to do all this stuff. And you know, this whole thing right here used to have a big, ugly ceiling in it. We got brand new AC, brand new roof, did all this, and it cost us nothing. And that, we didn't have yet using the tower money. Like, we talked to an insurance guy. He's like, hey, man, this roof's all beat up. You want to come look at it? Maybe we can just see about one day getting it fixed. He looks at it, and he's like, man, this thing's pretty beat up. And he goes, your ACs are bad, too. I can probably get you new ACs. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. Calls, calls the insurance company. He gets my, I get my insurance paper out. I'm new. I had no idea. Like, I'm, I'm not a, like, I'm a pastor. I'm not a business guy. He's like, where's your insurance paper? So I find my insurance papers. I give them to him. He's like, there's no way this is right. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, whatever insurance you have, you need to keep. He says, because your deductible is only $1,000. I'm like, that's awesome. We can do that. So he calls. They go back and forth. I don't know. By the end of the deal, like, we only paid $500. I don't know how that worked. But by the end of all this stuff being done, we only paid $500 to them, basically, out of our own pocket. That's God. That's God. You know, we're, we're trying to get this building launched, you know, and once we get the city handled, we're going, I'm not worried about it. God's got it. I'm not worried about it. That's the God I know. That's his arm. That's his arm being revealed. He's like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I got this. What are you worried about? Don't worry about it. Maybe you need to know that. Don't worry about it. His arm is always reaching out. He's always giving you what you need to, to, to make it another day. That's my God. That's the God I know. I'm the God you know, but that's the God I know. He's the provider. It wasn't on my notes. I don't know where I'm at, but but yet yeah, it's like that. We, we just, it's hard time. It's really hard to believe because I could tell you that story. Well, that's just a coincidence. That guy just showed up. I don't know. You, okay, the AC. Okay, you got a good policy. That's just somebody's really good planning. I mean, yeah, there's some of that in there, but it's still God. Still got. I can tell you the story of the water tower. There's all this stuff, but I ain't got time. You're hungry and the Cowboys are playing, so we don't have time. But we're like these disciples. We have a hard time believing. Even though Jesus has been there the whole time in your life, you had a hard time believing. Jesus was there the whole time. Like I said, there was no BC in your life. Jesus was in your life from the beginning. He saw you being born. Scripture says every day of your life was written in his book. He knows when you're right. He knows when you're born. He knows when you die. He knows everything in between. He was, he's there. There is no BC. But yet I didn't see it in my life. And we have a hard time grasping the idea that Jesus is always there. And Isaiah is telling us, look, his arm has been revealed. Believe my message. Jesus is here and he's always going to be here, even in the deepest, darkest parts of your life. Here's something I do, and really after talking about this last 
message, I'm like, I just need to start leading with this instead of waiting for the last resort. But when I counsel people and I've, I'm just at the end of my rope, I'm like, come on, you're not listening to me. You're not doing the things I tell you. You know, why do you even come to me? You're wasting my time. Uh, hey, I'm just being real. I'm like, stop being a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> you're not listening to me. And this is what I'll do. It's like, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go talk to the Lord. I'm like, what? See, just trust me. And so I, I sit down with him. I said, okay, now I just want you to close your eyes. Go to a safe place. I don't know where it is, a place of comfort, a peace. Could be anywhere, you know. For me, it's like sitting on a dock. That's, that's how I, that's what I do. Okay, now just imagine Jesus with you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you imagine Jesus? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Jesus is next to you? Yeah, okay. Ask him what he wants. I'm like, so just ask him. Okay, not out loud, just ask him. I guarantee, I've not had one person say, I don't know. Every time they're like, oh, he wants me to do this. He wants me to stop doing that. He wants me to go talk to this person. He told me I need to take this job because he's there. He's always there. We're just not paying attention. He's there. And that's what was beautiful about when I came to faith. I realized that Jesus had been there my whole life. In my deepest, darkest pain, Jesus was there. In my joys, he was there. The first soccer goal I ever made, he was there, which I didn't make very many. I was a slow fat kid that put me on defense. <laughs> but he was there. In the nastiest, dirtiest sin, he was there. He was there in everything, but yet he still loved me. It wasn't like he was sitting there in all those moments going, Oh, you're such a disappointment. I made you for more than this. I can't believe you did this. Shaking his head, overbearing. You know what he was doing the whole time? I just wish you'd let me love you. I just wish you would let me love you. I just wish you would let me into your life. No judgment, no condemnation. Jesus wanted to heal me, wanted to set me free, wanted to give me life, life that I couldn't imagine. He's been there the whole time. And in your life right now, he's there. Maybe you don't realize it, but he's there. Maybe you need to do that exercise. In the nastiest, dirtiest part of your life, close your eyes and look for Jesus. And I guarantee you, he's right there. And his eyes are not on fire waiting to judge you. His eyes are there waiting to heal you. That's Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's the one I know. That's the one that's been revealed to me. But it gets better than that. Not only does he heal us, not only is he there, but he says something else. Guess what, guys? Now you see me, you're going to do amazing things. When you believe in me, you get to do the same things I'm doing. But not only that, you're going to do greater things than me. This word greater actually is like megas is the Latin, which is not a far stretch from mega. We, we, uh, not Latin, but Greek. But mega, meaning loud, loud. Like you're going to be loud for Jesus, right? You're going to be loud for him. You're going to do greater things, not because there's only more of us, because there's more of us. When, you know, when all believers get together, they can do collectively more than Jesus did when he was on this earth. But he's not just saying you're going to do more than I am. 
You're going to do greater things than I do. You're going to do the same things that I do. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to lead people to salvation. You're going to do the same things that I did. Because here's the thing. I'm in the Father. That's what Jesus is saying. And the Father is in me. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. And one day when you believe, you're going to be in me. And I'm going to be in you. And I'm going to be in the Father. And the Father's going to be in me. And I'm going to be in you. And you're going to be in me. And I'm in the Father. And the Father's in me. And guess what? You're united. And the works that he does, Jesus does the works. We don't do the works. The works that he does is because the Father has enabled him to do the works. And we're just along for the ride. And all he's asking us to do is just be his body, to be his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece. He does the miracles, not us. Believer, I'm telling you, the first time you take responsibility for a miracle is the first time he stops using you. Because it's not about you, it's about him. Everything Jesus did was to bring glory to the Father, not ourselves, not this church, him, the Father. The Father is who we glorify and nothing else. We do greater works not only because there is more of us, but we have all of him in our life. Christ is in God. They are one, and Christ is in us, and we are one in Christ, and all of his majesty resides in us. We are one with him. Not that we are God, but that he resides in us and moves through us. We are his arms, his heart, and his voice. We are in him, and all things come through him. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. It's not just punching your ticket to heaven and getting on the train when it comes. The Christian life is living in Jesus, moving in him, being in him, abiding in him, and doing what he's called us to do. Today was beautiful. We had some people that we got to baptize this morning, two amazing people. It was so beautiful because somebody in the church stepped out and became the hands and the feet and the mouth of Jesus. This person came to our church about probably three years ago. Their life totally changed. Totally, God totally changed their life. And she was working with this workmate, seeing she was bound up and tied up and like just not doing well. She told her about Jesus. She told her about the church, told her about a person that's mentoring her. This girl says, well, I want that. I want that. I want to be free. She goes to her mentor. He tells her about Jesus, disciples her, gets her clean, gets her free. She's walking in freedom. She tells her boyfriend. He starts walking in freedom. She tells her brother who's bound up, is actually being pursued for bad things. Horrible past. I have pictures, but I didn't get permission to take them, to show you. Beautiful. Night and day difference. Total transformation. He goes, he gets free. His wife gets free. His mom, they've had a bad relationship. Him and his mom, she gets free. And they're all sitting in here watching them two get baptized this morning. Aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's the power of Jesus working through us. You never know who you can touch just by simply being obedient and allowing God to work through you. It's just simply saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's done in my life. 
Let me reveal his strong arm to you. He's so good. So good. I'm so excited. So excited about what he did. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 16. And I got this in King James, so you know it's legit. (laughs) He said unto them, Go ye into all the world. That's us. He's talking to us, disciples, believers. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. All these signs shall follow, oh, and these signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't say, and these signs may. It doesn't say, and these signs, if they feel like it. Other translations actually say accompany. That means to put alongside. Like they're, you're a believer, you're walking with Jesus, miracles just follow you. Why? Because you're following Jesus. And he's the miracle worker. In my name, in Jesus' name, you shall cast out devils. That's freedom. They shall speak with new tongues. Spirit activation. They shall take up serpents and they shall drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you may be seeing here as a Bible scholar, well, that was added later. I mean, that, the earlier manuscripts doesn't have this in there. That was added later. It may or may not be true. But if you read this and you do all these things, look at the book of Acts. People were healed. Demons were cast out. Deadly poison. Paul picked up a serpent. Didn't mean to. Didn't hurt him. miracles. His arm is revealed. His arm is revealed. And I'm praying today that his arm is revealed to you. If I can get the worship team to come up, I want to close in this way. I might ask the ministry team to come up too. Because like I said, maybe God was doing something in your seat where you are. I don't know. It's, it's, he, he does what he wants to do. Maybe you've already experienced some kind of healing. Please let us know. It's too good to not share because it builds other people's faith. But maybe today you need something. I want to give you a little breakdown of miracles and how they work and why they work. Here's the definition of a miracle. An act or event that occurs outside the bounds of normal or natural order. An act or an event that occurs outside the bounds of the normal or the natural order. A miracle is when heaven invades earth. I want you to think about something. There's no miracles in heaven. Health is natural order. Peace is natural order in heaven. Health is natural order in heaven. Health is. Love is a natural order. Holiness is a natural order in heaven. Think of a miracle like this. When God parted the seas, it's like Jesus parting the very fabric of the natural to let heaven come down and depart the seas. Miracles give you a glimpse of heaven and the kingdom. And when that happens, when you get the glimpse, when it's being revealed, he brings order to chaos. He restores the order. When when Jesus heals a sick person, he restores the order back in their life. He restores their destiny. He takes the chaos out and the effects of the curse. We get sick and we die and all these because of the curse. And with a believer, every day is a miracle because the kingdom of God is in you. And where the kingdom of God is, Jesus is. And where Jesus is, miracles manifest or happen. 
Jesus is the wonder-working God. He's the miracle worker. I don't know what you need today. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need healing. But here's one thing I know, that the greater healing in your life, he can heal your body, he can heal your mind, but the greatest healing you need is spiritual because that's what lasts. He can heal everything wrong with me right now, but that's going to fade away. One day I'm going to be in the grave. But if this isn't healed, my spirit, if I don't believe, then it perishes with it. But when I believe, the greater miracle happens. He's in me, and I'm in him, and he's in God. He's with the Father, and the Father's in him. We are one. We're united. And I get to live forever. Isn't that amazing? In his presence. Not just live forever, but live forever in his presence. That's the beauty of the gospel. Every sign, every wonder, every miracle points to that reality, that Jesus has come to save you, set you free, and and make you live for eternity in the Father's presence. He doesn't do miracles just to do miracles. Every miracle points to something. Everything points to Jesus. And today, maybe you need a miracle because Jesus wants to point you to him. Maybe you're unbelieving today, and you're like, I don't believe. God can do a miracle in your life.